just met you guys this morning, but I was blessed to meet my native sisters here. <laughs> my wife is native, so I'm automatically part of the family. You said something, one of you said something. I don't know which ones because you look like twins, but I, one of you said something. You said, well, then you must be a good man because a native married me, so I must be a good man. And I'm honored by that. But what that told me was is that you, she knows because of her culture and because of the way she was raised that, that my wife saw something in me and wouldn't have settled for anything else. Amen? God says that pride in your culture is also the pride in the kingdom. And through that, God will bless your ministry to bring people not only into your tribe to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but into the kingdom with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because it's something to have pride in your tribe. But it's also something to have pride in your kingdom. And God says, you are a kingdom bearer. You carry my kingdom like you carry your tribe. When I was talking to them earlier, I said, are you native? They both lit up. Oh, yes. Because it's in them. Thousands of years of culture is in them. And when you see another native person, you're like, they're native, right? You see, you see that, right? Same when I see one Filipino in the middle of Manford, I'm going to go talk to them because it's the only one <laughs> other than me. That same pride, God says, you're a kingdom, but you guys are kingdom bearers. You have an anointing to carry the kingdom wherever you go. That same pride, that same excitement that you have when somebody talks about your tribe, have that for the kingdom and watch that people start coming. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of these people right here around you came because of you two tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The two at the end, are you a couple? Yes? You claim him? Thank you, Jesus. Can I give you, is that okay? Can I speak over you? Is that okay? You don't have to get up. You don't have to get up. So, scared me a little bit. Um, I would never want to embarrass anybody, but I got to tell you what God tells me. Is that okay? So, as with any relationship, it hasn't. It's not everything goes the way we planned. Not everything goes right. But God's, God says this. God says that God says he has homework for you. Is that okay? I have homework for you, God says. I hear that. I have homework for you. Were you here this morning? No? Oh, get that tape. So I, I said something about you are the king of your own of your own property. You're the king of your own castle. And God says this is the homework. Open the front door, open the back door, and be the king of your castle, be the queen of the castle, and command everything that doesn't belong here to leave. Every foul spirit, every negative idea, every memory, 
everything that doesn't belong in y'all's marriage and in y'all's family. You take control over that tonight and tell it to go. And you tell it to go. They have taken up residence for too long and they haven't even paid rent. And it's been a burden. And it's just there. It's just in the back, just kind of hiding around the corner. And God says, that's not the plan I have for you. That is not what I planned for you. I have bigger and better things, but I'm also not going to be roommates, God says. So I can be the only one living there. So everybody else has to go. Everything else has to go. Amen. You do that and watch. Mark, not my words, but mark God's words, that it is a night and day change. Not only in your marriage, but in the family, in the situations. I don't even know what I'm speaking of, but you know what I mean? In the situations, in the jobs, in whatever, because God says, I want to take up residency, but I don't want any roommates. I don't live with other people, he says. So you take charge tonight. You're the king. You're the queen. You take charge of your castle. You take charge of your kingdom and say, everybody else has to go. Amen? Amen. I want I want to hear uh, a testimony back to pastor. Okay? Praise the Lord. Amen. Are we in the key when you sang the, that one song, you know, <laughs> the whole night we've been in D? So what was the second song you sang? The river? The, the bridge was holy, uh, holy or something like that? Whatever that was, let's sing that again. What is that? No, no, no. The second one. Yes, but the, the bridge to that. What was the bridge? Yes. Sorry, we just had a little band moment right then. Nothing's more frustrating than walking up to a worship leader that has led worship for most of his life. And they say, do you just sing something? And I'm like, I, I don't know any music. I don't know any songs. And it just goes away. <laughs> let's, let's sing that, that bridge. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. Right? Let's just hang out there for just a moment. Is that okay? You didn't have to leave if you didn't want to. I didn't, you're not, you're not, I didn't kick you out. But because we're just going to work, is that okay? We're just going to worship a little bit. So we sing, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, let's declare that in this place. We say, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Come on, we say, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we we say, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. Yeah, you're all. Holy Spirit, say, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want, yeah. You're all we want. 
There's a young man standing right there. I think you have a purple shirt on. Yes. Come here for a second. I hope that's okay. So I just see this in the spirit. <laughs> how are you? Doing good. How are you? Good. Awesome. No, 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 no. Okay. Pull. 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 Pull, 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 keep pulling, pull. God says this, the more you pull, the more I pull. The more you want, the more I want. You latch on to me, and I'm not going to let you go, God says. I've got something for you, God says. I've got something for you, but you got to pull on me, God says. Because I'm not going to give you anything that you don't want. So if you want something for me, you got to pull. You got to pull because as you pull on me, I'm going to pull stuff out of you. And I'm going to keep on pulling stuff out of you. God says this. I want you to start getting used. No, no. I want you to start getting used to this perspective. (laughs) You've looked from there for way too long, God says. And you've been through too much to stay silent. Have we ever met before? Okay. You all right? Okay. <laughs> Amen. God says, God says, that's okay, but this is better. This perspective is better. Because the things that you pull out of me, God says, when God says, when you pull stuff out of me, it's going to go out into them. But you need to get used to this perspective. It's a little scary, I know. It's a little different. But God says you have something to say and you have something to do. So watch that God opens the door for microphones to get put into your hand and for you to tell your story and for you to preach freedom and preach deliverance and testify. Amen? What's your name? Justin. Justin. Father God, I pray for Justin. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, God, that he is anointed and appointed for such a time as this, that you will manifest your anointing through him, over him, around him, on him, under him. His steps are ordered by you. And from this point on, God, your steps mean that he's going to say things for you. He is your mouthpiece, God. 
Father God, give him the strength to pull on you hard. To, re- to reveal things even that he didn't know about himself. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. people pull on me, but respectfully, I don't, I don't want to prophesize, so I'm not going to tell you stuff that's not true. Is that okay? I'm like, so I appreciate you pulling on me and, and kind of giving me the stank eye, like, come on, come on. And that's okay. I love I love that. But you need prof- prophesy, not prophesy. Amen. You don't need me to tell you that God loves you. That's not a prophecy. <laughs> so, Again, our expectation is in God, amen? According to that clock, I have 69 more minutes. That's amazing. (laughs) So I'll tell you this, and, and, and we may shift it here in a second, but two things that God has always told me at the beginning of my ministry. Number one is that you have a sandpaper anointing. Now, Pastor Trev, that's, uh, that was difficult as, as a 15-year-old uh, to get told you got a sandpaper anointing because we think sandpaper means abrasive, like, yay, I'm abrasive. But I've learned now, a long time now, uh, the many years that I've been alive, praise the Lord, that uh, sandpaper also smooths stuff out. It doesn't necessarily change the structure of something. It just may smooth some bumps out some rough sparts out. So I appreciate that now, that word now that I can come alongside of you and just help smooth some stuff out. Then God promised me a second thing, which was even better than sandpaper, right? He said, people will never get excited about your preaching. (laughs) I'm just not that guy. I'm not going to be the guy that has people running around. I'm not going to spit on you. I'm not going to, I can't preach like that. You know what I mean? But, but Something that I've seen over and over again is, is the hug of God. This. Just this. Just the peace. And there's a time and a place for running and screaming. And, and I wish I could preach like Woody. You're laughing because you know Woody. I've been jerked out of my seat more times than I can imagine. I can count when he preaches because he tells me, you better get on that piano and pray. So I, you know, I just, you know, I love the way he preaches. I just, I'm just not going to be that way. But something that I know is that God's going to come and he's just, we're just going to have peace. Is that okay to have peace? Thank you, Jesus. Because I think sometimes we just need to chill. And just have that peace. So I wasn't going to say this, and I, I, uh, me and Pastor Trevor talked about this at lunch, and I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, I have to honor the Holy Spirit, and I have to be obedient. <laughs> when Dad says to say something, I got I to say something. So I, here I am talking about peace, 
and I lost my job on Friday. After four years of being a, a top-level manager on salary, uh, they let me go. And I have not processed that yet. Fully. So there's a little bit of guilt in the fact that I'm preaching peace and, and preaching that God is going to take care of everything when I'm like, I just lost my job. Can I be transparent for just a second? But here's what I know. Here's what I know. God's got me. And and I'm not telling you that as a sob story. Okay? I am not telling you that as a sob story. I'm telling you that because I'm not worried. Because the same God that got me that job is going to get me another one. And because I've been faithful, he's faithful. Because the job doesn't define me. My ability to earn money does not define me. Am I talking to somebody here? My ability to be a man and provide for my family does not, it is not my identity. It does not define me. Who am I? I am not Pastor T. I am am not an evangelist. I am not a worship leader. I am Thomas, the son of God. I'm his kid. And my dad loves me. But I have a big enough dad that he loves you too. So your identity is not in things. Amen? And I would be a liar if I told you that I didn't have, haven't gone through the gambit of emotions this weekend already. I have. And that's okay. You know what? You can have a pity party every once in a while. It's okay. Schedule it in. It's all right. As long as you know that when you're cleaning up the party favors, you know God's got this. Amen? Have a 30-second pity party. That's about as long as you need to have one. And just resolve that God's got this. God's got this. You two right here. God has got this. Mustard shirt, plaid shirt. God's got this. God's got this. Your identity is not in things. Your identity is not in business. Your identity is not in anything else. Your identity is not even that you go to this church. It's because God's got you. And he's always had you. And sometimes we've slipped into connecting our identity to things. And God says, don't do that. I've got you. Are you guys planners? You have to have things. (laughs) Okay. Now I understand. So I've got got a planner on my phone that attaches to my uh, iPad, that attaches to my MacBook. And I used to, before that, I'm going to date myself and tell tell my age a little bit. But I used to be the guy that walked around with the big, thick paper planner and had it all color-coded and everything was written in there and all that kind of, you all remember those? And, and before the digital stuff, and I, I was, it was all meticulously outlined and all that stuff. And I lost it one time. And you don't know how devastated. Just, just think about when you lost your phone for five seconds. All right? 
and and I lost that, and it and it 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 impacted my who I thought I was. God says, "I've got you. Your identity is in me. Take a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. Your identity is in me." I don't know why that's key, that needs to be hammered home in you, but your identity is in Him. Amen. He's got you forward, backward, all around. He's got you. You can't plan for the amazing things that God has for you. It won't fit in your book. So leave room in the agenda for God to move. Thank you. You're good. You're tired. I know. That one hand, that right hand is just tired. I know, brother. Does that make sense? Amen. Sit down. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys can sit down for a second. Go get a Red Bull and come back. <laughs> okay. It, the, the clock. I thought it was a fluke, but it still says I have 61 minutes left. So, <laughs> can I can I speak a word really quick? Can I give you some Bible? This stuff right here, let me tell you something. This stuff right here is so important to the survival of the church. Tell them you're going to tell them you're going to be late tonight, whoever that was calling. Where else are you going to go? Everything's closed right now. Holy Spirit, prophetic ministry, the gifts of the the gifts of the church, these are so vital to the survival of the church. Amen. And I know enough about this church and I know enough about the pastor to know that he believes the same thing. But listen to me, you can't expect it to only come out of him and Pastor Kevin and Pastor Trevor. Amen. We need people who are willing to prophesy at Dollar General. We need somebody to walk into Mi Pueblo on Sunday afternoon and be like, I have a word for you today. We don't, we need, we do not need any more people to say, if you'll just come to church with me. Is that okay? As much as I love Lake Church, and as much as if I lived up here, this would be my church, honest to God, because I love your pastors and I love this place. But as much as I love this place, this is not the save all. God is going to use you to turn this place upside down. Not this place. This place. True ministry is going to happen in your cul-de-sac. Amen? There is, there is, I think my neighbors are afraid of me. And I have a great relationship with my neighbors, but every time they're out... (laughs) Like, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Awesome. Anything I can pray with you over? No? 
We're good. All right. <laughs> I'm sure if they hear me, they're like, get back in the house, get back in the house. But that's okay. Because they're my, con- they're my first congregation. Amen. So uh, I... I want to get back to the part where we talked about this morning where he says, now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. Now understand that I have imparted to you all my authority. The the word, the first word of that sentence really jumps out at me uh, because we see it every once in a while in the Bible and it means more than we read it to mean because we also see it in now faith is the substance of things right? And we're like, oh, okay, faith is a substance. Don't miss the most important word there, now. Now faith. Not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith, but now faith. Present faith. The, the faith that you have right now. Well, if I can just pray like Pastor, Pastor Greg. No, stop that. There's not a class that you can take. You, you, you don't want to wear the shoes that he's worn to get to this point. So you do you now. Well, when I get a better job, do it now. You better do it now. Well, when, my, when, when, when we get better with ourselves, when we, you know, when we get into shape, stop that. You better do it now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over this kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. What authority? His authority. You want to see manifestation? Walk in his authority. Amen. You want to see manifestation? Walk in his word. Walk in his authority. Walk in his love. His love will tell you to talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to. His love, his authority will get you into doors that you never knew you could enter. Now, I said that I, I kind of glossed over this this morning, but I want to repeat it tonight. Um, I said this. We are in a generation that seeks inspiration without impartation. Which is the same thing as sitting at a buffet and not eating, but complaining because everybody else is full. You missed that, didn't you? Wanting inspiration without impartation is the same thing as sitting at a buffet and not eating, but complaining because everybody else is full. There has not been one time, Pastor, that I've ever gone to a buffet... And not knowing what to do. Have you seen me? Can I tell you a completely racist story? Is that okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, when I was younger, I, I looked really Asian when I was younger. Um, and I don't know that the Irish side has, you know, slowly taken over. I'm not sure how that works with half and half stuff. But, uh, when I was younger, I looked really a lot, a lot more Asian. And, um, and so, uh, but back in the days when we wore suits to church, 
if you've been to church for more than 30 seconds, you remember the day we used to, we always used to have to wear a suit and we wore a suit and tie to church. And so we, we, I would wear a suit and tie and we went to high school. I went to high school with a family, with a group of girls that their family owned a Chinese restaurant. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And they had a buffet, Chinese, one of the best ones in town. And so what would make the people mad is that we would go Sunday afternoon when the lobby would be full of people just stacked, waiting to eat, right? And they would see us and they'd go, oh, come on. And we have to walk through like 50 people <laughs> that were all giving us stank eye because we got seated right away. But then I did something wrong. And I didn't learn my lesson. So I would take my jacket off and hang it on the back of a chair, right? That's how we do things. Put it on the back of the chair. But now all I was wearing was a white shirt, a tie, and black slacks. And I would walk up to the buffet and people were like, can I get some water over here? <laughs> Absolutely. Let me, get, let me get right on that. And I would take water over there uh, because they assumed, because I was Asian, again, Right? that I worked there. <laughs> and so I would get water and then I would get a plate of my food and I'd walk back to my table and they're like, excuse me, sir. And I was like, yes. Is there a table for three? Yeah, come on. Just right over here. Just right over here. <laughs> and and the, the Chinese family that owned the, the restaurant thought it was hilarious. My family thought it was hilarious. Uh, but it seemed like they assumed that I belonged there. I'm not talking about a Chinese restaurant. I wish people would recognize you out in the street and assume that you're a believer. I wish they would stop you, flag you down in the middle of the highway, make you pull over and say, please, I know you go to church. Pray for me right now. You must work here. Can I get a table for three? Absolutely. You must be a believer. Can you please pray for me? Absolutely. You just look. You just, everything about you looks like you're a believer. Please pray. What do I do? Amen. We have to stop. We have to stop going to buffets and, and complaining because everybody else is full and for not eating. Get up and get a plate. Get all you can. Eat everything. Amen? We, me, and, me and Pastor Trevor went out to lunch and we ate. We weren't timid. We didn't get dainty salads. I mean, we got salads as a part of our meal, just because we didn't want the guilt of eating all of the steak that we had that was slathered in butter. <laughs> but we, we did not leave that restaurant going, oh, I could have eaten more. Because if I told the manager, I'm not satisfied. Well, why? I just, I just think I could have eaten more. I'm not, it didn't satisfy me. Did you order more? Well, No. So you're mad at me because you're not satisfied, but yet you didn't order more, so I could not give you the opportunity to give you more. So because I didn't give you more because you didn't order more, now you're mad at me.
Romans 16.20 says this. And the God of peace will swiftly, swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. <laughs> I love that. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. And the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. Who plays football? Anybody play football? You've played football? I believe it. You play football? That's awesome, bro. Do we have like a, uh, uh, we got security all up on the front row. That's amazing. That's awesome. Um, can I use you? Is that okay? The guy on the end right there? No. Yes, you. Yeah. You're, yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Good. Stand over there in that corner area right there. Awesome. Have you ever played football? Okay. Yes. He said. <laughs> okay. So on the count of three, I want you just to tackle me as hard as you can. I want you to run at me and tackle me as hard as you can. Hold on just a second. Can I have you and you and you? Can you guys three come here? Can you come here? Yeah. Awesome. Now on the count of three. I want you to run as hard as you can and try to tackle me, okay? Now listen, 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 listen. You can put your phone away. Nothing's going to happen. Now listen, 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 listen. Listen, 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 listen. Linda, listen. Listen, Linda. We think that because God is on our side that gives us permission to battle the enemy all by ourselves. We're the, I'm the son of the most high God. i got the Holy Ghost. I know how to speak in tongues. I've taken I don't know how many classes with Pastor Greg. I've got a certificate on my wall. <laughs> I bought the sweater, the notebook, and the pen. I've got a mug that says train to rain. I'm ready to battle the enemy on my, on my own. <laughs> Stop it. Why would you ever be in this position with the enemy when you should always be in this position? Because God said, God said, God said, it's my authority. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If the enemy has to get to you, he has to go through them first. Only if you stay in the right position. It's when you get your butt kicked. That's good. I said butt in church. 
you will get your butt kicked every single dadgum time if you get out in front of the line. Where's the quarterback back there? The few times that he gets tackled, why? Because somebody broke through the line. Don't let people break through the line. You want manifestation? It's in their authority. It's in his authority. Your position is here. Submissive. God, whatever you want to do. Amen? I'm preaching good stuff here. So stop trying to let the enemy tackle you. And then you're like, oh, the enemy's on my back. How in the world did he get on your back if this is where you should be? Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs) And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet and the wonderful favor of the Lord will surround you. The wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. Last scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, says this, Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It never said so you can fight without God. It just so that you'll take your stand. Amen. Can I tell you a story? So I was in uh, the Philippines. Remember, I'm half Filipino. So I was in the Philippines, and I was in the Philippines, and we did we did this youth camp in the Philippines. Now, youth camp is different, Pastor Trevor, in the Philippines. We took over this really large uh, high school. And each church took over a classroom, and they took out the desks and put them on the roof. And each church, the boys stayed on one side of the classroom, the girls stayed on the other side of the classroom, and they slept on the floor. You changed in this sewed-up sheet that was a big tube that the girls or the boys would hold above your head, and you'd change in the tube, and that was your little closet. We all took showers together out of the hose spigot on the corner of the building and pass the soap back. It's amazing. They don't have time or the resources to do multiple weeks of youth camp. They have one week of youth camp. Everybody comes. And when I mean everybody, everybody there was a thousand kids at this youth camp. They they arrive, Pastor Greg, on top of banana trucks. What do you mean? I mean huge semis that had an open trailer full of bananas and the kids were all sitting on top of the bananas. And they would just throw their luggage down and throw the kids down and that's how they got to youth camp. Don't ever think that your kids have it rough at Pastor Trevor's youth camp. (laughs) They're staying in Hilton Suites at, (laughs) at their youth camp. So we're doing this youth camp and, uh, and I go the first night, and I'm supposed to be the one leading worship, and I hear this band just killing it. And I'm like, am I late? They're like, no, they're rehearsing, but we have dinner ready for you before service, and because after service, it's going to be too late. So we have dinner ready for you. I said, I, I'll come to dinner, but I'm going to check in with the worship team. It sounded like a recording. 
And I went around, uh, we had services on a basketball court, which was a, just a, the only place in the school that was on a, uh, a, a concrete slab. And I turned the corner of the little amphitheater wall, and the drummer, where's, where's Jesus? The drummer was playing with a pencil and a stick and killing it. Sounded just like the album. The piano that I played had like the C key wasn't working and it was kind of wobbly. <laughs> but they wanted to worship. They wanted to, they wanted to sing every song that you knew. And then after you preached, they wanted to sing all those songs over again. They just, they just love to worship. So can you imagine a thousand kids worshiping? Can you imagine singing? And, and they, listen, they're closer to Hillsong than we are. They know the songs first. They do. They get the albums first. They knew all the songs. And I, we would start singing one. They would just take off. The coolest thing was there was like six or eight teenage boys that were up front. And, and I dare you. I dare you guys. <laughs> uh, they're all, they're not even here. That's great. So I dare you, the youth guys, that, that a thousand kids and these six or eight guys up front would start doing like four bars of a choreography. And it would just ripple through a thousand kids. And then a thousand kids were doing the same choreography. It was the most amazing thing ever. And we sang, and, and, we, and my clothes changed color because it was just humid and wet, and it was about 110 at night. And there was mosquitoes the size of small birds. <laughs> God moved powerfully the first night. And uh, you see me with my, my sweat rag. This is not a style thing. This is a functional thing. If you find this on the floor, leave it there. This is toxic. It's got so much sweat in it. This was, I could wring it out in the Philippines. I could literally wring it out in the Philippines. And I kept one with me at all times. And, 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 and I preached and we sang some more. Altar call was amazing. Uh, I've got pictures. It's incredible. The first night, they, uh, I was not staying at the school. They actually paid somebody to move out of their house. I'm not even lying. They paid somebody to move out of their house. They stayed with a sister and I had their house. And so I got to sleep on a semi-comfortable bed with air conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. So they paid somebody to move out of their house. So they, we went out, and, and you have to understand, uh, we, had to pick this, uh, we had to pick this high school not because it was in a town that we were uh, familiar with, but it was the biggest high school that we can get. So it was a town that we weren't familiar with. And they didn't want us there. The town didn't want us there. The school system liked us there, but the town didn't want us there. And, and so we had armed guards at the gates of, this, of the high school. And uh, they opened the gates. They led me out. I had escorts, armed guards. I mean, my guards were this big. I mean, whatever. But <laughs> they had guns. I was thankful. And they would walk me to the little house. And they would stand out of the ho- outside the doors of the house and keep me safe for the night. So I, I realized on the first night that there was like... Now, I've been to third world countries before. I've been on missionaries' work. Sometimes when you see puddles of stuff, you don't ask, right? You're just like, uh, okay, they don't have the sewers that we do. They don't have sanitation like we do. So there was this big puddle. It was really dark at night. Really, this like puddle in front of the gates uh, to, the, to the high school. And so I, I stepped over uh, this puddle, and I, you know, they took me to the house. No, no big deal. So the next morning, they came and got me, knocked on the door. Pastor, it's time. We went back to the high school. They opened up the gates, and I saw this just mess in front of the gate. And I was like, what is that? That's nasty. 
went on about my business, spent the whole day at the camp, blah, 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 had another amazing night of camp. It was incredible. Walked back. They took me back to my room after that second day of camp, and there was more junk on the ground and out of, off the front of the gates. And I was just like, what is this? I just ask my guys, what is this? Now, if you've ever been on a missionary journey and your translators that are with you or your hosts that are with you ever say, it's okay, that means it's not. <laughs> I was like, what is this? They're like, sir, pastor, it's okay. Now, I took the hint that it wasn't okay because I've been on missionary work before. And so I went to my room and I came back. But in the morning, I could see more. And I'm like, there's stuff in that puddle. And I'm like, what is that? Pastor, it's okay. I'm like, listen, you and I, we've, you've been, we've been together for a while. You know, I, I've come here often enough that you've been my translator more than a couple of years now. We're brothers in the Lord. You've taken care of me. I love you, et cetera, et cetera. Just tell me what this is. No, pastor, it's okay. I'm like, well, I'm not going in until you tell me what this is. Well, we didn't want to alarm you. <laughs> great. (laughs) But the local witch doctor is the governor of this area. Like he governs this area. And he's making animal sacrifices while you preach. And he's creating a bloodline that you have to walk over every night and every morning. I was like, awesome. I'm like, so what, what is he making the sacrifices for? Like, do we know? Have we talked to him? Oh, he's made it very clear to us that he wants you dead. In fact, the guys that are going home with you every night, they're not sleeping because he says that he doesn't want you to go home at all. He wants you to die here. Because we're encroaching on his territory. And I said, Awesome. I wish I could tell you that I was a man of faith and I, I would just like, you know, yay. But I was honestly like, eh, maybe I'm not going home. N- not, not because I didn't have faith in God, but listen, that's a no, whole nother thing over there. You know, I don't know if they're going to poison my food. I don't know what, and I, I have people taking care of me. That's not the point. But the, the thing is, is that I was walking over this bloodline every morning and every night. So Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm like, I'm just like, it's in the back of my head, because now I know while I'm preaching, I can't see it in the dark, but I know he's out there, like killing animals and sacrificing them, so I will die. Oh, that it would be that we would encroach on the enemy's territory so much that he would be scared so much that he would have to come to our place to make sacrifices. (laughs) So Friday comes along. It's a typical Friday night at at youth camp, Pastor Trevor. I mean, it is kicking off. I mean, everything is fire, right? All the kids are just wound up after a week of classes and services. It's just an amazing thing. And I, I remember that I'm on my knees... And there's no steps. It's just like a five-foot drop. (laughs) And I'm on the edge of the stage, and I'm on my knees, and I'm just worshiping, and we're just having one of those moments where the kids have taken over, and it's just this roar. I mean a roar of people speaking in tongues. It's amazing. 
but you know when you hear something like that and, the, and it shifts and it changes that you can hear that. And something shifted and I looked up. And, of course, I could see over everybody's head. And there was, the sea was parting and somebody was walking down the middle of the, all these kids. And three people were walking towards the stage, pushing the kids out of the way. So as they were pushing through, they were getting quieter and quieter. By the time they got the stage, it was silent. And so I'm on the stage and I've got my head down. So I'm literally looking at them in the eye. (laughs) So I, I sat up like this and my interpreter pastor friend immediately came to my side. kids wouldn't hear anything that was going on. And I said, uh, I said, this is him, isn't it? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, this is the witch doctor. And I mean, his two bodyguards were mean mugging me, stank eyeing me, staring straight through me. And this guy was just, right? Just, I'm like, okay. Now, if you know anything about being in other countries, when you, ask for, when you speak through a translator, you don't look at the translator. You look at the person that you're talking to, and the translator translates for you. It's respectful to look at that person. So I just looked at him, and I said, what do you want? And through a translator, he proceeded to tell me that every time that I was preaching, he was killing animals in the, in the hopes that I would just die. And I was like, I know. (laughs) And I I just have no idea what's going on. Um, I don't even know how they got in. We talked about that later, by the way, because they got through the guards. And I, I, I was on the ground, and I was looking at him, and I said, what do you want? He goes, I've been trying to kill you for the last couple of days. I said, okay. He said this. He said, I don't know why it's not working. But that's not why I'm here. I said, okay, why are you here? My wife is deathly ill. And we have done incantations. And we have cast spells. And she is dying. More and more every day, she's just dying. She's a skeleton. She's not eating. She's not drinking. She can't even go to the bathroom at this point. She's dying. I said, okay, what do you want? He says, if the God that you've been preaching about is real, then you, healer, have you ever um, have you ever had a conversation in your head that seemed like it was three hours, but it was really like ten seconds, right? So I had this whole conversation in my head of what really cool, awesome, prophetic thing to say, and all my eschatological knowledge and what verse of the Bible should I speak, Pastor, and and declare over him. And the words came out of my mouth before I realized what I was saying. Have you ever had that happen to you? When you wish you had a life remote and you were like. And I just blurted out, I can't. And that made him mad. 
I said, but God can. I can't. I can't go pray for her and she'll be healed. I can't. But I know God can. And he just stood there looking at me. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, no pressure. (laughs) So I get up and I give my microphone. And I didn't tell the kids who this was. I didn't tell them the conversation. Relatively short conversation, right? But I got on the microphone and I said, this man's wife is dying right now. She's dying. Let's pray. A thousand kids. One thousand kids. He didn't hesitate. Didn't say, which guy's wife? Didn't say nothing. Are they a member of this church? They didn't say any of that. Have they paid tithes yet? They didn't say any of that. Well, do they need to, does she need the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior first? Didn't ask me any of that. They just launched instantaneous into, into tongues. A thousand kids speaking in tongues as hard as they could for somebody they had never even met and just now heard about. Just started speaking in tongues. And I'm talking, I have pictures of this that I sneaked on my phone because it was so overwhelming. I was just like, <laughs> because they were screaming and travailing for somebody they had no idea who this was. Somebody who was trying to disrupt the camp all week long and make blood sacrifices. Let me tell you something. doesn't matter what kind of bloodline the enemy puts in front of you. It's the bloodline of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they had no knowledge of any of that stuff. And I had no knowledge of how to heal anybody. <laughs> so we just left it up to God. And we prayed, a thousand kids, all the youth leaders were just, they were just, they were just all, I mean, it was the most amazing thing that I have ever seen in my life. We didn't pray for 10 minutes. We didn't pray for 30 minutes. We did not pray for 45 minutes. They just kept going and going and travailing and speaking in tongues and praying and and. And celebrating and then praying some more. And these three guys were just not phased at all. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. I pray, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not, over, I'm not being evangelistic about this. I'm not over-exaggerating. About an hour and a half, two hours in, the crowd parted from the back again. And somebody that I couldn't see because they're Filipino and they're short, right? (laughs) Somebody that was even smaller than the kids were just pushing their way through, pushing their way through. And I saw a very beautiful lady in front of me. And I looked up. And the guy, the witch doctor was in front of me and he saw me look up. So he turned around and he screamed. And they hugged and they cried. And the kids cried, and I cried, because <laughs> obviously this is his wife. They didn't tell me until afterwards that this was not only a restoration in our health, but a complete restoration in our body, because she was skin and bones skeletal. So not only did God heal her, he restored her muscle structure. He restored her youth. He restored everything about her. So she came down, they hugged, they screamed, they cried. Everybody's like going, I'm talking about the best New Year's Eve celebration that you have ever been to in your life. Puts New York to shame. 
I mean, these kids were dancing. The band was going crazy. Everybody's like, ah! So he's starting to talk to my translator. So I get back down on my knees, and I'm looking at him eye to eye. And my translator's <laughs> trying to whisper in my ear, but he's actually yelling, you know what I mean, over the, over the screaming. He says, he wants to tell you something. Okay? He wants to tell you himself, though. Okay. I said, shh. It took me a second to get them to calm down. A thousand kids. I mean, and they were like, they were getting so excited in the Holy Ghost. In broken English, but in English, he says, okay, your God is my God. We celebrated again. They turned around and left. Okay. I don't know what to do with that. So we just sang. We just, what does a Pentecostal preacher do? We just sing another song, right? We just, I said, sing another song. So we just sang another song. We sang through another song. Here comes a whole group of people now. Whole group, like 20 or 30 people. He brought his whole coven. All his underling witchcraft doctors and stuff like that. He brought everybody. And they came down and gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Amen. So, why do I tell you that story? Because guess who has one of the largest churches in that area now? The witch doctor. <laughs> the church left, the church that hosted the youth camp, left a couple there. This is not our island. This was in our city. They asked for volunteers. A couple said, we'll stay. We'll rent a house. We'll stay, we'll develop him, we'll be his apostle, we will mentor him, and when he's ready, he'll take over the church. He already has a congregation. First of all, who's volunteering to stay in another city just to plant a church? Those those two are. He has a huge church now, because he used to be the witch doctor. Listen to me, manifestation will come. Manifestation will come. We just need people to do. Do what? Whatever God says. If God says no preaching today, just sing. If God says no singing, no preaching, get on your face. Yeah, but I don't know if the janitorial team has swept or anything. Get on your face. Come on now. The definition of insanity is to do something over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Stop coming to church over and over and over again, sitting in the exact same place, singing the exact same songs, expecting different things. Get out of your seat. Come down to the front. Go to the back. Go to the sides. Lay down on the concrete. Do whatever you have to do, but do. Because who's going to start this? You will. Who's going to be a part of this manifestation? You will. Who's going to carry this into Sand Springs? You will. Who's going to carry this into Tulsa? You will. Who's going to carry it into BA? You will. Who's going to carry it over to, I don't know, everything around here. Muskogee, you will. Who's going to take it to Oklahoma City? You will.
who's going to take you to your family in Missouri, you will. Amen. I've enjoyed my weekend with you. But I don't want to come back and see the same church. Do not have a time of manifestation and then don't manifest. The enemy is out there manifesting every single dadgum day. Are we not great? Is our kingdom not greater than his? That was a very polite response. Is our kingdom not better than his? Amen. So, you do it. You pray. You prophesy. You lay hands on and heal. Amen? You do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and give God praise? Hallelujah. God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. We want to give you an opportunity to give towards this ministry and uh, bless Pastor T. He has blessed us and imparted to us this weekend, and we are grateful for that. Amen. How many can give a hand to the Lord for the good word? Amen. Praise the Lord and the manifestation of the Spirit of God and allowing this to build in our lives so that when we go back to the areas that God has called us, we can walk in that authority that Jesus has given us. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus was excited when they came back and said, even the demons are subject to us through your name. He was excited. If you read it in the Greek, he said, wow. That's exactly what he said. Wow. Amen. That word behold, that's what it means. Wow. Praise God. But most people, they're not excited about it at all. Amen. But I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So we're going to take up the offering right now. You can go and write your check out, whatever you want to do, text to give. We'll make sure 100% gets to uh, Thomas, and we're grateful that he chose to be with us this weekend. Thank you so much. Amen. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to have the Sutters with us. Amen. All the way from Bernice, Oklahoma. Praise God. Good to see you guys. Amen. God is good and greatly to be praised. You can go ahead and take it on up. Don't wait on me. Amen. Go ahead and take it on up and praise the Lord. And uh, we're looking forward to a powerful time this Wednesday. Hear and be healed. How many have been blessed by that message? Amen. Hear and be healed. And then praise God, we're going to be ending our cross-eyed series this next Sunday. So we're excited about that. How many have been blessed by putting your focus on the cross? Amen. By putting your, by becoming cross-eyed. That's the only way to see life is to be cross-eyed. Amen. And so uh, we're going to end that. And praise God, God's got to do the things for us. In March, it's just going to be a powerful, powerful time. And you know what? We need to take hold of the impartation that the Spirit of God has given us right now, and we need to move it forward in our personal lives first. You need to take this home. Amen? But then corporately, together, we need to move forward 
into the new things that God has for us. This is a new season, a new season for this church. Amen? And uh, God has set us up to do some tremendous things, things that we never fathomed we would be able to do. That is what God is asking us to do, is to push forward. How many are going to push forward? Amen in your life. 2023 is a place that is going to be a year that we will look back and say, how in the world did we accomplish this? It has to be the work of God. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's not just for the church. That's for you individually as well. That's for you right now. By the Spirit of God, he is declaring that you're going to do things that you never thought fathomable. This is the time. This is the place. This is the hour that God has declared that everything that the enemy has stolen from you is going to be restored back to you in Jesus' name. Amen? I believe that. Do you believe that? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Go your way rejoicing, and we look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Praise the Lord. God bless you.